okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. You don't got time to say. Right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. And on today's edition, we're going to preview the KU Baylor game. We also are going to preview the Chiefs game. We've got our game picks, sports stock market for the week, and some more player audio from the KU football team with their media availabilities earlier this week. Uh, Of course, you can hear high school football on the airwaves tonight after our show. On KLWN, you're going to be able to tune in to the Lawrence High football game. That'll be at 645 for pregame. Hank Booth, Matt Llewellyn on the call. Lawrence High is at home against Shawnee Mission West. This is the final week of the regular season. Next week will be playoffs. Free State, meanwhile, you can hear on our sister station. They're taking on an undefeated Olathe North team. That one at 7, pregame 645. You can hear it with myself and Craig Hershiser on the call. Tomorrow, we got KU football. Taking on Baylor in Waco, pregame 9.30, kickoff 11 o'clock. Let's talk about it in just a second. But first, NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Right now, the line for the Kansas game has bumped up a little more. It's a 10. Okay, interesting. So kind of what we said earlier, yep. uh, I think yep. yesterday, we said... Maybe you're better off waiting until Friday or Saturday morning because you might get to yep. that big number. So that would be the time to take it. Kansas at plus 310 money line is interesting to me. Oh, Derek, I mean, we're about to get into the history of this series. We I are. I don't know if I don't know if I would do this that. This is interesting. Usually, the, the closer we get to the game as the week goes on, you get more confident. But it sounds like you've gone <laughs> the, the opposite way here. Um, no, I'm very confident. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Okay. I'm very confident. Uh, by the way, but, some player props that might be of interest. Jason Bean over under passing yards, 193 and a half. Over that, for sure. 33 and a half rushing yards for him. Probably over that, too. Devin Neal, 80 and a half rushing yards. That's pretty high. That's a tough one because we've only seen him get a max of 15 carries. So it, it just depends what the workload yeah. is there. Lawrence Arnold, 36 and a half receiving yards. He seems to have a good connection over? with Jason Bean. Yeah, I like I'm that. The over on that one, yeah. Luke Grimm, 42 and a half. That's interesting. Why is Luke Grimm higher than Lawrence Arnold? I, I mean, on the season, he has more receptions, but Arnold has more yards. See, I, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe they just know something. Um, and then you can get Devin Neal over .5 rushing touchdowns at minus 120. Jason Mean at plus yeah. 185. That's not bad. The thing that scares me here is that KU's team total for points is 23.5. Baylor has a good defense. We'll get into that here in a second. So it's, it, it's always harder to take those player props if the defense you're playing is good because they're just going to be less yards and touchdowns yeah. to go around. Yeah. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code KLWN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code KLWN. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus issued is free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Deposit, parlay, and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. All right. I am nervously optimistic. Okay. That's my official stance. 
<laughs> I like. Please, uh, please explain. Well, the KU Baylor historical series has been really bad, really bad for KU, and I think most KU fans are probably aware of that. But are they aware of just how bad it's been? In 2011, KU lost to Baylor by one point, 31-30. Since 2011, the next closest margin of, of defeat for KU, 19. Yeah. Next lowest after that, 27. So in the 12, in the I guess since 2011, that was when so KU beat them in 2010, and the 2011 started this 12-game streak that they've been on. So since 2012, KU has lost by a combined or average score of 48 to 11. They are losing by thir- over 30 points in every game they play against Baylor. Every game. So that doesn't make you feel good, which understandably no. so. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And again, what is, you know, what is the game in 2013 have to do with this game? None of the You're players right. were there, you, none you of the coaches think, were there. You would think nothing, but when you have a when it's this bad for this yes. long, I mean, when it's a streak, you typically don't bet against it. It, this is crazy, though, too, because I, w- I would have thought that KU would have at one point won in Waco. They've never won in Waco, which is wild because, you know, during the, the early 2000s and maybe the 90s, really before Art Bryles took over, like Baylor was the, the bottom tier of the yeah. Big 12 every year. And Kansas obviously had the, like 58 to 10 win in 2007, which was their last win in the series. And they just kind of bludgeoned them um, in that game. You mentioned the 2011 game when I think KU went for two in that game. I forget if it was overtime. And I, I think it was, and they went for two and came up short on the two-point conversion there. It's kind of the the, the opposite of what happened uh, in the Texas game. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, these have not been close games. You have that 26-7 one in 2018. Last year's was close at halftime. It was 14-7 to at halftime, if you remember. And KU made some really opportunistic plays in the first half. I think Kenny Logan had a big hit that led to a fumble. They were hanging in there. And then in the second half, Baylor just – wore them down. There were some big special teams plays they had that kind of ran over KU in the game. I would just like to think if that same scenario presents itself this year, if KU's down one score at halftime, it's going to close a lot better this go-around. We've seen KU show fight throughout the game. It's just the fact that they have so much more depth. They're better up top. They're they're more well-conditioned. All those things, they're stronger, bigger body. You know, I, I, I think they're more conditioned this time to play a close game against Baylor. If KU is down 14 to 7 at half, I think most KU fans will feel pretty good. Okay, pretty so good let me ask that. you then. Uh what? Would you take that? If I guarantee that right now, yes. KU's going to be down 7 at halftime, would you take it or roll the dice? I would probably take it. Well, okay. Are we guaranteeing they're down 7 or are we guaranteeing the score is 14-7? Just down 7. Okay, yeah, I would definitely probably I would definitely take that I think yeah because that puts you in the game and that's all you're asking for hang around as long as possible and hope at the end of the game you can make a few plays yeah yeah I mean it's definitely tough because we've talked about it like with Jason Bean he's just got to avoid making the big mistake so if if KU is able to just hang around it puts him in good shape to maybe you know win the game but also Bean could make that big mistake yeah which is, which is something that's interesting uh we talked about this earlier in the week it felt like the offense in the OU game was trying to keep up with Oklahoma. They were sped up and trying to do things to keep up with Oklahoma. Would it be wiser this week to take a different approach? Try to run the ball a little bit more. Help out Bean. Feed Devin Neal a little bit. What do you think? 
I mean, I'll definitely be interested to see if Baylor looks at that film and says, we need to run hurry up sometimes. And if that's the case, then yes, definitely. I, I think, though, when I look at Baylor defensively, they haven't been like an elite unit in a lot of these stat categories. No, but they're solid. They have a lot. Yeah, exactly. They're solid. They have a lot of talent. They have a good defensive coach there. That I don't really view this as a game where it's like, like in the Oklahoma game, I did go into it thinking they would play some possession football. And they didn't really, I do think part of that, like looking back, they just had so many big plays and, and you're not yeah. going to, you know, Lawrence Arnold's not going to catch a 30-yard pass and be like, oh, but we need to take longer. Let me reverse <laughs> and, and lose 15 yards to the drive last longer. Uh, some of that was because of that reason. I don't really go into this game saying that same thing. I think this is just kind of a normal game for me, unless, like I said, they do start doing some of that hurry-up stuff, which so far this season we talked about yesterday, they're kind of middle of the pack in the country in plays per game and, and the pace and the tempo that they play at. I just think the running the ball notion to me, is less about pace in this one. I think it's more about can you establish the run and take a little off the shoulders of Jason Bean. Yeah, I mean, we assume that KU's run game is the strength of their offense. Yeah. Right? That's We, we operate under that assumption. So if that's the case, why wouldn't you try to establish it early against a pretty good Baylor run defense? But uh, to me... I don't. There's nothing that thinks makes me think that KU will not have success running the ball against Baylor or against really any of the opponents they're going to face the rest of the season. They had Devin Neal. The offensive line has been great pretty much all season. They have Jared Casey, Mason Fairchild, two excellent blocking tight ends. Like to me, my expectation going into this game against Baylor and pretty much every game for the rest of the season is that KU should be able to have some success running the ball. Period. I mean, I I think they're better. I think they have the superior running back with Devin Neal. They have the ability to run it at the court from the quarterback position with Jason Bean, and if Jalen Daniels comes back, then that's even more so. And you have pretty good depth there with Savion Morrison and Kai Thomas. And then again, you have the offensive line that's been great, and you have excellent blocking tight ends. So, to me, KU should be able to run the ball against every team they play the rest of the season. Is mm-hmm. that is that is that unreasonable for me to ask? Yeah, I, I mean, well, no, it's okay. it's not unreasonable. Last the answer there, I I just agree with you, and I think that. There will be varying levels depending on the defense you play, but that should always be a staple for them. They should yes. always be able to you know, have a certain floor there. As far as that quarterback position, obviously Jason Bean for KU. Sounds like Blake Shapin's going to go. He was practicing with the team. You know, I know the, the KU coaching staff was kind of expecting him to play the whole way through. When you look at some of the stats between these two, there, there are some similarities. Like QBR is within two points of each other. They've been the top two quarterbacks in Big 12-only games and pass efficiency. Uh, Shapin had a really good game against West Virginia before he left with an injury. He's been solid. He hasn't been otherworldly. He hasn't been like All-American or, or looking like maybe one of the top two quarterbacks in the Big 12, but he's been really solid for them. He's been really good. They have some threats on the outside that are fast and can stretch the field and are averaging over 20 yards per catch. They have a solid running back in Richard Reese, uh, though the run game has been, I guess, kind of hit or miss might be the way of putting it for Baylor. What's your your level of confidence in the defense bouncing back this week after the Oklahoma game? Oh boy, uh, I think it's pretty high. But I want to I want to kind of temper it temper this by saying I I'm not expecting the KU defense to become the 85 Bears. Okay, they don't need to be. Uh, again, we've we've mentioned it before. They don't need to be great. They just need to be good enough. Is right? there a like, target number? Like if you said if the KU defense could hold them to this, I think you'd be happy with that. I think twenty eight, mm-hmm. and that that might even be too high. I mean, I don't. They, they, I mean, the the offense might not be able to score that much, but no, but that but gets you in the under, game. Un, I guess at the worst case, this, under thirty, under thirty. 
Uh, and I don't think that is that unreasonable. And, and again, they don't they don't have to be great, but they have to bounce back. They have to show some life. They have to show some guts. They have to respond to that performance against Oklahoma because, like we talked about yesterday, is the Oklahoma game going to be we're going to look back on it after the season and say, okay, it was a really bad game against a team that was pretty much had their backs against the wall. They had a lot of talent, and their quarterback came back, and they just ran over KU. Or, is, or are we going to look back and say, that game was the beginning of the end for the KU defense for the rest of the season, right? Mm-hmm. This game against Baylor, they absolutely have to bounce back. And, and again, when I say bounce back, I'm not saying hold them to you know 14 points and force some turnovers or whatever. I'm just saying just show some life. Just show some fight and and make Baylor earn it at least if they're going to be scoring, right? Uh, because Oklahoma, I think you could argue, did not have to really earn a lot of their stuff. I mean, they had guys wide open. They had a lot of broken tackles, this, that, and the other. So, so I'm pretty confident the defense will bounce back. And when I say bounce back, I think hold into 30 points. That's that's what I that's what I mean. Well, if you can stop the run, that's helpful. Like I said, Baylor's been kind of hit or miss with yeah. being able to run the ball. I definitely am very curious about the run game because we rubber stamped it. We said they were fixed, and then they just went out and blew that up. It. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely going to be watching the run defense very closely. Yeah, and if you can cut them off there, I mean they like to be a balanced offense. Uh, they really do. Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, came over from BYU, running the wide zone scheme that we've kind of grown accustomed to hearing, especially in year one with Lance Leipold and KU, and that's what Baylor wants to do. So can KU? cut that off because against Oklahoma you struggled really to stop anything in other games we've seen them maybe do well in one regard or stop this or have good success in in one facet of the game and at least did make things a little bit more one-dimensional can you do that against Baylor on the other side of the ball we mentioned with KU you know running the football and and being able to kind of take some of the stuff off the shoulders of Jason Bean how about this if we go to the special team side ESPN's College Football Power Index has like offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, special teams efficiency. Kansas is 20th in the country in special teams efficiency. Baylor is 127th. And if you remember to the last two meetings, those were both games that Baylor had the advantage, right? A huge advantage. I think in the game two years ago in the COVID year in 2020, if I'm remembering right, Baylor had either two return touchdowns or it was one return touchdown and another return really long. Uh, the game last year, I forget if it was a return touchdown or, again, just a really long return. They might have had two of them. They have kind of owned KU in the special teams game in this matchup the past couple years. I think both teams maybe have some questions about uh, their place kicking that's been a little inaccurate at times this season for both teams. But KU's been the better unit in special teams this year. And I, and I wonder, especially if we think this one is going to be a closer game, as the spread would indicate, compared to some of those past years, in a game where it is closer, if KU does win the special teams, unlike it going the other way, maybe that's enough to tilt the favor. Maybe Kenny Logan has a kick return touchdown. And yeah. that changes the game. And, and that wins the game for KU. Yeah, Keep an uh, eye on that. Absolutely. And, and honestly... KU has gotten some lucky bounces in special teams also this season. There's like been a couple of muff punts that have gone against that have gone for KU, and yeah, but there's no question that you know, I think the TCU game was maybe their worst game special teams wise, just from a kickoff standpoint and from a kicking just a field goal game standpoint as well. But yeah, the KU special teams it, it's you know special teams is one of those things that it, it people 
pay attention to it when you when it loses you the game, right? So if you come out of a game and you're talking about special teams, that's probably a bad thing. That's probably means something bad happened, and that hasn't been the case really that much for KU so far this season. They've been they've been a pretty solid unit, like you said. So yeah, if that's an area that tilts in KU's favor, then that would be that would be great for 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 the Jayhawks and would put themselves put them in an even better position to maybe try to win the game because. You're right. In, a, in in close games like that where maybe you've got evenly matched offense, defense, special teams, could be the difference. Who's a player for you to watch on both sides of the ball? That, uh, However you want to put it, either it could be the X factor or has to have a big game for KU to win. Uh, I'm watching Kalen Gervin for sure. With Kobe Bryant out, he's been out playing corner. And Brian Boyle mentioned it. Even Gervin talked about it a little bit, which we have his audio later up in the show, uh, about, you know, Gervin is, is moving out wide to take in to fill in for Kobe Bryant, but it's not like Kalen Gervin has been playing a lot. He's been playing a lot in the slot, and he has been outside a little bit more. So this this game against Baylor, I think he's going to be pretty much exclusively on the outside, so it's maybe new a little bit from that standpoint, but I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on him and how he plays out there, and he's he's been really solid. He's been one of KU's – I think he was actually KU's highest-rated defender by PFF against Oklahoma. So I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on him on defense – on offense, I would probably go with Lawrence Arnold. I mean, he's he's strung together a couple of really nice games, and can he continue that? And can he continue that connection with Jason B? I uh, I I'll echo the sentiment with the corners. I'll I'll take Romello Dots in there. Like I said, Baylor has. I, I mean, they're literally number one and number two individually in yards per catch from their top two receivers this year in the Big Twelve. So you have to prevent the big plays. Uh, but it can't be like what happened against Oklahoma where in the early part of that game you were so worried about the big plays that any 5-10 yard route yeah, was just were, automatic completion, yeah, right? I mean, you can't just you can't just give up 8-yard screens. And because of that, there's going to be a lot of I think onus put on those guys to to be able to cover out on an island or, you know, with some safety help or whatnot. Um so he would be the one on the defensive side. Obviously Lonnie Phelps and his health, but that's kind of an obvious one. On the offensive side of the ball, I think this could be a, a big Jared Casey game, whether it's – and that doesn't even mean like Jared Casey might have one catch. He might have no catches in this <laughs> game. But a big game for him because if you do want to establish the run and set yourself up in some of these third and mediums or third and shorts or not even get to third down so you don't have to put the full load of the offense on Jason Bean, he consistently makes big blocks for this team. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a little less sexy if I were to pick like Mike Nowitzki or something because Baylor's got a really good interior to their defensive line, but that would be there too. So uh, Jared Casey and, and kind of the blocking, like I know that's not you know a fun one to choose. Like oh Lawrence Arnold and he's going to make these circus catches, but <laughs> that kind of is uh, the deal in this one. Like it's going to be one at the line of scrimmage, which like you said earlier, KU's offensive line's been great. Yes. The defensive line has had some great games. They've had some maybe down games like the Oklahoma game in the West Virginia, but they have bounced back, at least after like the West Virginia game, for instance. We'll see if they can bounce back again against Baylor because if they can, I think you like KU's chances, but if Baylor wins at the line of scrimmage, then it's going to be tough for uh, KU down in Waco. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, Kalen Gervin spoke with the media earlier this week. We'll share that for you. we got our KU mailbag coming up in 15 minutes. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to have our Chiefs preview and some game picks for this week in college football and in the NFL. 
Nick Springer, Derek Johnson for RCST. Had some uh, good questions come in this week for our KU mailbag. So let's just go and uh, get right into it. The first one is from Jack. Jack wants to know, isn't KU technically bowl eligible already? So I guess technically, what he's going for here is saying that if there's not enough bowl eligible teams, then you can get in with five wins. That is true. And I have no idea what the APR score is of Kansas because I don't know how that works from year to year. I don't know if it's completely based on the graduating class that that comes out to where one year you could be ranked low, one year you could be ranked high. If we just go off the last time I think it was released publicly, it was 2020-21, and KU ranked in the 80s, so they probably wouldn't be on you know, the, the top end of the list of teams that would make it with a, a five-win uh, season. But again, I, I don't know how that transfers over. So I guess technically, yes, they could get to a bowl game as of right now, but I don't think that's something you should try to bank on. Listen, I just think it's wrong to go mm. to a bowl game with five wins. It's wrong. You shouldn't be allowed to. So even if KU does end they up decline being it? five and seven, they should not go. It's wrong. It's just soft. So you, six wins. you think Kansas should decline it if that happens? No, no that's not what I said. Ah, uh, kind of is. That's not what I said. <laughs> But I don't want to be. I don't want my like. If my team is five and seven, so I guess Kansas. I don't want them to go to a bowl game. That's no fun. But it'd be Win the first bowl games. game in forever. But it wouldn't be legit. that it luster. Be legit. Some of the shine a little bit. That it wouldn't be legit. It wouldn't be a legit bowl game. Just win six games. Yeah, I definitely think it would luster some of the shine of the fact that, like, it'd be one thing if if KU just made a bowl game last year and then this year is like, okay, we're going to go to this bowl five seven. But to be the first bowl yes, that like no, ends a streak where be, you haven't been bowling, it, would be, it wouldn't feel right. Yes, it'd be wrong. Yeah. So that's my official stance. But wrong. at the end of the day, I think it'd still be but celebrated. Jack, I guess, is te- still be fun. I guess he's I technically know. right in this question, yeah. but KU should not go. Yeah. And again, I, I don't know what the update is. But I'll be there if they are. do go. <laughs> I think a lot of people will. <laughs> They'll probably be like, well, this is kind of weird. We have five wins, but let's do it. Let's win. Uh, okay, this one from Frank. If JD6, obviously Jalen Daniels, comes out of the tunnel and leads victories versus Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, K-State, does he have NFL draft stock as a junior? Um, Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of seemed like he was maybe going in that direction before he got hurt. So... I guess it would depend on how he does it, you know? If he just goes out and goes crazy, then, yeah, I'm sure he'll probably be right back in that conversation. But, I mean, is he is he going to be like a day one, two guy? Probably not. The one thing that he's going to have to overcome, it's not to the level of where Todd Reesing was, where Todd Reesing was like, I don't know, five, what, five, eight, five, nine, something like that. Um, Jalen's not that small of stature he still is around i don't know six He's foot like six, six foot, foot one yeah. i think they list him at six foot one but he might be closer to five eleven six foot regardless he he's also not super you know built and that's even a knock that's going at like bryce young just won the heisman that's yep. the knock against him in the nfl draft that right now some people have will levis and some people have cj stroud ahead of bryce young yeah you know who has will levis ahead of him the kentucky offensive coordinator <laughs> yeah he's the number one player in the country so like that's a knock against even top-tier guys. That's going to be a knock against Jalen Daniels. Now, as far as arm strength and the torque that he creates on these passes, he has an NFL arm. As far as mobility, which in this day and age, like you kind of have to have that if if you're an incoming quarterback. Like, who's the last quarterback? Maybe Kenny Pickett? But like besides that, 
name other quarterbacks who have gone in like the first round or, or like you know first couple straight of rounds. Straight pocket passers. Yeah, over the last what like half a decade, something like that. That that are straight pocket passers. It just yeah. it doesn't really happen anymore. So you have that going for you. You have the fact that you are super productive. Now you also are going to get the knock for the injury knock, and that's going to kind of go back with the the durability of of the yeah. concerns about your size. Are you too slender? Are you a little too small here? Because this isn't just a this year injury. He was injured in camp last year, and the year before in 2020, he got injured as well. And how much of that is his fault? I mean, not much. Like 2020, it was a offensive line that struggled all season long, and he gets sacked, what, like nine times against Oklahoma? Like sometimes it was kind of an injury well, risk there. I also think from the NFL standpoint, it's important to keep in mind that Jalen has not started a full season. In fact, he's, yeah. only, he's only started, like, what, 10 games at the college level, right? He's got yeah. four this season. What well, no, last he, had, season? he had, like, the handful in, in that 2020 season. So four, four this, or I guess, are we saying five since he play, started the TV yeah, game? Yeah, so Five this season. Three last season. the sixth, by three, the way. Three last season? Yeah, three last year plus a fourth game he played. Six starts this year. But really, if you, if then, you combine like what, the K-State how many, game. How many, how many did he start? It was a handful. I don't so, know, five so to seven, talking, somewhere in there. Yeah, we're talking... You know, 12 games that he started, but he, he hasn't started a whole season, mm-hmm. right? And when you look at guys that are in the NFL, or guys that get drafted high, they start a lot. Of, they obviously have a lot of games that they played. I mean, I think the the closest comparison you could have is Trey Lance, because he didn't start very many games at North Dakota State. Uh, in fact, I think the only full season he played was the COVID season, which that was only seven or eight games for them. So that's something to keep in mind: is he just hasn't played that many college level games. Yeah, and that would be a knock uh, against it as well. So I don't think it would be a first or second day, which I know but you said that. He's a great personality. Yes, he's a fantastic he'll light guy. up the interviews. Yeah, he's a fantastic guy. And if he wins all those games, I definitely think he could be drafted if yeah. he went oh, at yeah, the end of sure. the year, if he wanted to. And, and because of that charisma and, and the arm power that he does have and the mobility, I think he'd be a draft pick. Um, there's less quarterbacks that go in the first two days of the draft than you would think. It's usually the first-round guys. And then usually that next tier, like a lot of them, they end up sliding further than you think. Like what? Like Sam Howell and Matt Corral at one point were being talked about as first round picks, and they ended up going what? Like third and fourth round. So uh, I, I would say probably if he wins those three games, he could definitely get drafted at the end of it. But he probably would be better off coming back and, and working that up in case he could be uh, a first two day pick. This one from Brad, which is a more likely scenario? KU basketball gets to the Sweet 16, or KU football wins one more game and becomes bowl eligible. All right, so with Bill Self, KU reaches the Elite Eight about 50% of the time in the NCAA tournament, which, which by is the way, is just unbelievable. Yeah, good. It's, yeah, it's almost unfathomable how good that is when you consider the other Blue Blood programs. Kentucky's missed the tournament a couple times. Duke has been knocked out in the first round two or three times. North Carolina has been low seeds and been knocked out early in the tournament, right? So, what, what Bill Self has done at KU is just nothing short of phenomenal. So 50% of the time he reaches the Elite Eight, right? But at the, by the same token, the NCAA tournament is very random. It's, a, it's, an, it's an extremely random and matchup-based tournament where, in theory, you could potentially lose any game, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas KU football, they still have five chances to win one more game to become bowl eligible. So I my gut tells me, I think, if you look at it that from that standpoint, KU getting to a bowl, KU football getting to a bowl is has is more likely of a scenario at this point. And that's not to say that I don't that I think KU basketball is going to lose in the second round of the tournament. That's just to say that the NCAA it's tournament hard. the NCAA tournament is a one-off type thing. Like 
they they could you know it's right. probably like like let's let me rephrase how about this it's more likely that KU basketball would lose before reaching the Sweet 16 than it is likely that KU football is going to lose their next five games. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, yeah. And, it, like, I think KU will be one of the 16 best teams in the country, but you're right. It's, it's just so hard. And Yes. Like, Baylor last year. Baylor's the defending champs, and they lose in the second round. We, we see that all the time. I, I brought up the stat, and I'll continue to bring it up. Every defending national champion since Florida has lost in the Sweet 16 or before. Now, some of them have made the Sweet 16, which would That's be the answer. Nobody's even made the Elite Eight again? No, since Florida. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, wow. And a lot of them have lost in the second round, like Villanova in between their two titles loses in the second round, even as a one seed. Baylor last year loses as a one seed. Uh, you I had mean, Obviously, Virginia. Yeah, they lose in the first round, even though there was the, the kind of COVID year tournament or, or non-tournament in between there. It's just, it, it's so hard. Even, you know, Kansas in 2008, the next year, they, they did make the Sweet 16, but they lost in the Sweet 16. Uh, so it, it, it's really, really hard. I agree with you. I would go KU football becomes bowl eligible. But honestly, both of these very well could happen. Yes. I, I mean, I think they both will happen. I, I kind of think so, too. That's yeah. just my opinion. Okay, this run from Scott. This is uh, Scott Chasen. Does Nick, referring to you, hate <laughs> Los Angeles or New York City more? All right. All right. All right. All right. So the knee-jerk reaction to this is obviously, and New York City is way worse. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then I really started thinking about it, and here's the deal. I've never been to California. I've never been to L.A. I don't Have really, you been to either? Yeah, I've been to New York. Okay. I've been to New York before. Um. But yeah, I never been to California, never been to LA. I don't really have any reason to hate LA other than it's other than it's probably just annoying and there's a lot of traffic. It's and, just annoying. <laughs> uh, whereas with New York, uh, you know, I'm gonna circle the wagons on this, man. The biggest knock for New York, they're in the Eastern Time Zone. That's mm. a huge, huge negative in my opinion. And I, I didn't, you know, when I went to New York, it took some adjusting and I ended up being okay with it. But everyone runs around there. Everyone's, you know. In a, in a in a hurry. There's so much hustling and bustling, and that's just I, I'm not really a big fan of that. I don't I don't know if Los Angeles has that same kind of energy, since it's another. Not big, as I, much. I don't, I don't know. I've never been there. It's still a big city, and you deal yeah. with traffic and a lot of things similar. But, it, but to is New York, everyone but just it, like sprinting? Yeah. Like in New York, no, like, I got off not. the I got off the plane at the airport in New York, and everyone is just sprinting. <laughs> they're just sprinting around. And I'm like, what is everyone doing? Why is everyone running? I don't understand. So it was I was like a just, foreign world thing. I was just like, yeah, I was like shell shocked. I was like, what? What is going on here? It was crazy. <laughs> so, and then everyone's honking their horns. Does everyone honk their horns in Los Angeles? I don't yeah, know. They yeah, do? Okay. they do. Uh, both city. It's just a different type. Like in New York, you might get more like outbursts. L.A., you might get more like eye rolls and honks and, okay. and stuff like that. Maybe more. So you know, I do think passive I'm aggressive. To, I do think I'm gonna have to trust my knee jerk reaction here and say I hate New York more. But hate's such a strong word. I mean, I don't like New York. Obviously, now I have the rivalry with New York. I was going to say, the mayor this, called this out mayor. Kansas. Yeah, and he, he never replied to my email, by the way. That's rude. <laughs> I know. So take that as a point against New York. But honestly, what's really what really truly is the final nail in New York's coffin in this scenario, mm. Eastern time, man. Can't do it. I love that. I love that this wasn't a discussion about, like, oh, well, in L.A. you have beaches, and in New York you don't. <laughs> but in L.A. you have, you know— the I don't know the the Broadway scene or you have all these different like cultures and and food places you can go to. Uh, it's just like no the Eastern Time Zone that that kills it every time for me. Uh, this one from Blake M who was our runner up in RCST trivia for the football edition. If again Scott Chasen getting tied in here. If Scott Chasen and I had a bare knuckle brawl, who would win and why? Okay, so I don't I've never met Blake in person. Mm-hmm. 
I have. Blake used to be sitting in your seat right there. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. That's cool. Well, shout out Blake then. Um, but I never met him in person. Whereas I met Scott, and you know Scott's not the biggest guy in the world. He's a he's a smaller of smaller build. But what I think is the biggest negative against Scott here, and it's the same negative that I have personally, is that we both wear glasses. And in a mm. fight, if you're glad, like so a, does Blake. For me, Blake wears glasses too. I mean, they okay. could just both wear contacts for the fight. Well, does Scott normally wear contacts? I've, every time I've seen him, he's wearing glasses. Yeah, he does. I think. Wait. Now I'm wondering. Wait, he wears glasses. No, he he does. But now I'm wondering with Blake. Now I'm now I'm maybe misremembering. Maybe he doesn't wear glasses. I don't if know. If they both I, wear glasses, then that he would normally kind of wears contacts, out. I believe. But I just but I don't know. I feel like is, if, if, if you're preparing for a fight, you're not going to wear glasses. Well, I've never worn contacts, so I don't know what I would do. <laughs> if I was in a fight. You've never worn contacts once. No, never done. Do it. you just? You don't get down when with I was the like, eye? Or? When I was like 15, yeah. I'm just uh, The idea of trying to stab myself in the eye with my <laughs> finger in order to see, that just doesn't sound very enjoyable to me. Yeah, I, I, did did try, I did try it. I tried I tried contacts when I was like 15 or 16, and I was like, nah, not for me. Uh, that's okay. I uh, So I've just always been a glasses wearer. Yeah, I'm taking Blake in this. I'm sorry, Scott. I don't know. I just... <laughs> Blake's bigger than Scott, and that's going to be about the extent of it. I don't think either guy has like Scott, extensive Scott fighting that history. To, does Scott maybe have like that that wily, you know, mm -hmm. aggressiveness in him? I don't know. Scott's more of a pacifist with that stuff, which is like not a bad thing. That, that probably is a good <laughs> thing for like regular wife. But in this weird scenario where there's a bare knuckle bra brawl, I'm I'm leaning Blake. Okay, I'd probably go with Blake too. Assuming Last he one. doesn't wear glasses. This is from BitHawk. How many games will KU Women's Basketball win this year? Will they be ranked at any point in the year? And what seed do you think they'll get in the NCAA tournament? Okay, so they're receiving votes in the preseason. So I think it's safe to assume they're going to be ranked. Probably at some point. I don't know when. Uh, when you look at their non-conference schedule, it's it's they do have some tough matchups on there, which, which I'll get to. They won 21 games last year, and I don't see any reason why they can't match that or win more this year. I mean, they've got a lot of their talent back, and they seem poised. You know, they were picked to finish fifth in the Big 12 this year, right? Which, the Big 12 is a very, very tough conference. So, fifth in the Big 12 could still end up being one of the top 20 teams in the country, honestly. So, yeah, I think they definitely are in position to win at least 21, if not more. And... Brandon Schneider, he talked about he's talked about this a couple times about fighting for a higher seed this year because at, for the NCAA tournament, they he said they learned a lot from the fact that they had to play a true road game in the NCAA tournament, right? Which obviously with the women's, the first two rounds are hosted by whatever the highest seed is, right? Mm -hmm. So if so, I think basically his message was, hey, if we have a great season, we can be that team. Yeah, you know, we can host at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, get a we top four to, seed, right? Yeah, exactly. Then we don't have to worry about playing a true road game in the second round. Right, so I think from that standpoint, that's maybe their goal, right, for this team. And like I said, the Big Twelve is a very strong conference. When you look at the non-conference schedule, it's not too tough. Uh, here are some of the notable games: they have Texas A&M at home on November 30th, which I know Snyder, Coach Snyder, brought up as well as like kind of their marquee home game on their non-con against Texas A&M. They're at Arizona on December 8th. Arizona won 21 games last year, and they're at Nebraska on December 21st. And Nebraska won 24 games last season, so they have a couple tough games couple non-conference tough games on their schedule. And in conference play, 
They have Baylor as their third conference game of the season at home on January 7th. So they get a pretty tough, one of the top teams in the conference right off the bat. And they also finish their conference schedule. It's actually their final home game of the season is against Iowa State, who is the preseason number one team selected to win the conference. That's on March 1st. So that's all to say, yeah, they're, number one, they're going to be ranked. Let's answer these questions. Number one, they're going to be ranked. Number two, I think they could easily be in the five, six, seven range for seeding, maybe a four seed potentially. Number three, they should definitely win at least 21, maybe more. Yeah, and, and when I look at last year, you broke it down very well, but I they very easily could have had a couple more wins. The Baylor game at home in Lawrence was one that they were up like four with, I don't know what it was, just like 30, 45 seconds left in the game. They very easily could have won that game. Uh, the Baylor game in Waco, they kind of hung around for a long time, and Baylor's, I think, worse this year than they were a season ago. So maybe that's one that you can steal an extra win in there. Kansas State, you beat them at home. You almost won in Manhattan, and then you had kind of a uh, a bad, I forget if it was the fourth quarter or third quarter where you had a bad stretch in there um, that you very easily could win that with with them missing the national player of the year out for the season with, with a bad injury there. So maybe you could get another win there. Um, you know, if you have the stronger non-con, which they do, last year, even as good as they were in conference play, there was still, you would look at the bracketology and it's like, oh, they're still on the bubble. They're eight or nine seed. I don't think that'll happen this year. I, I do think... Six seed or lower, so anywhere between a three through six seed to me feels like very, very plausible for this team. Yeah, I expect yeah. them to win more games than they did last season, and yes, I do think they'll be ranked, and I think they could be ranked very shortly. I mean, they're not far out from the rankings right now. I was honestly surprised they weren't ranked to begin with. I wouldn't be surprised if they're ranked within the first two weeks of the season. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. That is our KU Mailbag. We're going to take a timeout when we come back for the 4 o'clock hour. We're going to preview the Chiefs 49ers game. That, on the other side, this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. High school football on the airwaves. Lawrence High tonight on KLWN. Free State over a 92-9 the Bull. Of course, you can hear the KU football action tomorrow. Pre-game 9.30. Kickoff at 11 o'clock. The Chiefs also play this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers, looking to bounce back from the game against the Bills. 49ers looking to bounce back from kind of a beatdown on the road against Atlanta. They're sitting at 500 right now at 3-3 three and three with the Chiefs at 4-2. and two. And the 49ers made some headlines last night. They have a yep. uh, new piece to play with them in the game. They traded for Christian McCaffrey, the former All-Pro running back. They gave up a billion picks. They did. It was like a second, third, fourth, and like <laughs> a next year's fifth or something like that. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot, especially for a running back who's been injured a lot and who is making a lot of money. I actually do kind of get it for the 49ers. Um, I don't think it would make as much sense for a team like the Chiefs who no, no. is looking at not just can we win now, but a long-term window. For the 49ers, it's like, hey, you, you have – whatever, a year or two left with Jimmy Garoppolo. Elite defenses are usually only good for maybe a two- to three-year window. They fade faster. Yeah. Let's try to strike while the iron's hot. Like, I, I get it for them. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan, plays. Kyle Shanahan loves his running backs, man. Mm -hmm. That's the style of, you know, game that they play. with they. I, the 49ers probably utilize the running back position maybe more than most teams in the NFL with running and even passing it to the running back. So, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense for the 49ers. It is the the arc of the 49ers. I mentioned this to you before we came on the air. The arc of the 49ers is kind of funny, though, because they go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. 
They make a run in the playoffs again. They beat the Cowboys. Then they decide, you know what? Nah, Jimmy G, he's not for us. Trey Lance is the future. Trey Lance. And here comes Trey Lance. And then he gets hurt. And now it's like, okay, well, they're going to go back to tanking. Like, what are they doing? Jimmy <laughs> no, G's back. No, we're going to go all in now with Jimmy G again. Jimmy G round two. <laughs> so it's it's rather interesting. But from the Chiefs' perspective, uh, I think it was Adam Schefter or somebody said that Christian McCaffrey might have a chance to play in some red zone packages on Sunday. So, you know, he's he's probably not going to be utilized that much, I don't think, for the 49ers uh, in this game. So it's not like he's just going to be rolling in and they're just going to give him the ball 25 times uh, in this game. But he's, it certainly seems like he will have a chance to play. I, he, I actually I saw a video of him at 49ers practice today. So in the world of 2022 and of quick travel, you can just be traded and then be with your team the next day. I, uh, I I hope this would be similar to because this in 2011 the Chiefs played the Raiders they beat them 28 nothing on the road and yeah. it was a game where the Raiders just that week made a, a big blockbuster trade to get Carson Palmer and the yeah. idea was they were like we're not going to play Carson Palmer in this game he's not ready he just got over here and they started I think it was Kyle Kyle Bowler and Kyle Bowler went seven of 14 for 61 yards and three picks so they were like you know what. We're just going to let Carson Palmer have a try here. Let Carson Cook. And Carson Palmer, 8 of 21 for 116 yards and three interceptions in the game. Maybe that'll be the case that they'll be like, eh, we're not going to play him much, and then they have to force him in, but he just doesn't know the plays as well. It's a little different, I feel like, for running backs than quarterbacks. You don't wow, they really just did. like they, run this way. You they know? threw six picks in that game. <laughs> Kyle Bullard threw three, and Carson Palmer threw three. Great. Six interceptions. That was a fun one. So, I don't know. Maybe it'll be something like that. They're, they're up in San Francisco just like they were up in – in uh, Oakland, I know a um, little bit different circumstances and, and a little bit different locations and everything. This is a weird 49ers team to try to diagnose because the offense has not been good this year. But they, they're not bad. No, they're not. And the defense is really, really good, but also they've had a lot of injuries. Yeah, That was the thing. They're missing like half their defense last week against the Falcons. So I don't know how much you can look at that game and just say, well, they're they're not good. They just got blown out by the Falcons, who are tied for first in their division. I view this team as being one that, when healthy, is a legit Super Bowl contender. And yeah, the, it sounds the, like they're going to be a little healthier this week. Yeah, the, the Chiefs definitely can't take this game lightly, right? Like, the Bills game, like I said, win or lose, there was going to be a lot of overreactions one way or the other, which is fine. But you can't have a Bills hangover game if you're the Chiefs against the Niners, right? Like, this is a game that the Chiefs have to take very seriously because now, especially because of the loss to the Bills really now, because they're already behind eight ball against the Bills for going getting out to the one seed. And, uh, you know, the Niners are an NFC team, so if you consider that, I think by, you know, by all of the tiebreakers, it goes like record against common opponents and then conference and all that stuff. But obviously the Bills have the head-to-head, right? But... But that doesn't mean that this game is not still vitally important for the Chiefs to sort of get themselves get themselves going again, right? And this is a Niners team that I think you you said it pretty well, is that they are very dangerous. Certainly. There's no question about that. So the Chiefs the Chiefs gotta take this seriously. And I'm not saying that I don't think they will, but there have been games in the past where the Chiefs have just kind of rolled in and thought, oh, you know, we're the Chiefs, whatever, and then they struggle. They they can't let that happen this week. 
No, they can't. So when you're looking at the Chiefs' offense versus the Niners' defense, when healthy, they are really good. Nick Bosa might have a field day. The Chiefs' tackles have really struggled yeah. so and far it, this season. Joe Thune is also questionable. That's with, not good. Uh, with an ankle injury, I believe. Yeah, you never like to see that uh, headed into a game where you are playing a really good defense and one that has good pass rushers because the inside of that offensive line has been good for the Chiefs so far this season. And now if yeah. you have a question there, plus the tackles, that could be uh, very problematic in this game. Um, on the other side of the ball, Trent McDuffie still sounds like he's... Yeah, I don't... I'm not going to play. Dude, I don't, I don't understand, man. I, I was under the impression that the whole purpose of not playing him against the Bills was to make sure he was totally good to come back against the Niners. And now all of a sudden it sounds like he might not come back. So now it's like, okay, well, what are we doing there? And even Willie Gay, Andy Reid said that Willie Gay has a good chance to play. Mm-hmm. What's he been doing? What like <laughs> what? What do you mean he has a good chance to play? He better be out there. What what's going on there? I don't understand that at all. He should have been on his couch doing nothing. Well, I don't want to say that because you want to stay in shape. But well, that might be why. Not- what if he's not in good enough shape? <laughs> what if he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna chill on the couch, play some Madden. That would be not ideal either. Him coming back, though, changes a lot for me, the way I view this defense. Yeah. Uh, they performed, I think, pretty admirably in his absence. I think they've played well in probably every game this year, except for maybe the Raiders game. Like They were able to do a lot of things against you. They ran all over you. They hit you with some deep passes. Yeah, He's the most athletic linebacker that they have, and he, he just changes the way that they can defend a lot of things. Having him back is is going to be huge. Honestly, it's going to be bigger for the the games that you're playing against some of the AFC quarterbacks where you have mobile quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Justin yeah. Herbert and so far down the list. That's not the case with um, Jimmy Garoppolo, but it, it's nice to have him back. Saying Jimmy G can't scramble? No, not really. <laughs> what I'm curious about with the defense is against the Bills, Spagnolo just said, you know what, screw it. We're just going to blitz mm-hmm. everybody. We're going to bring... The house, the neighborhood, everybody. <laughs> We're sending everybody. And that was against Josh Allen. So I wonder if that was just sort of a – was that a matchup thing? Like that was a game plan specifically for the Bills? Or are we going to see more of that? Are we going to see more of just all out, you know what, bring everybody. Why not? Invite invite the whole gang. Go get the quarterback. And on one hand, I don't hate that strategy, honestly. I mean, I, I would hate it a lot less if McDuffie was healthy and going to play. But and Fenton was going to play, but it's I don't hate that strategy at all. I mean, why not? You've got fast linebackers that run sideline to sideline. Why not have them run up field and go get the quarterback? So, I I don't think that's bad at all. Um, so I'll be curious to see what the game plan is because I don't have the numbers obviously in front of me. But but there's no question that the amount of times that Kansas City blitzed and with how many guys they blitzed was significantly higher against mm-hmm. the Bills than it had been in any of the games so far this season. Yeah, the biggest thing you have to worry about with the 49ers, if you do that, they can run good screens, they run good like counteractions with the running game that you don't want a hole popping up for Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey or Jeff Wilson, whoever the running back is, to work their way through. But I do expect more of those those big blitzes and, and to try to take advantage of the fact. you think it's going to continue? Like throughout the year? Um, They're just going to become more of a blitzing team? I think that's always kind of been something Spags likes to do. I don't think it's going to be as much as the Bills game. The Bills game was like it was a lot. Yeah, almost every play it felt like. Uh huh. We were bringing five, six guys. Yeah, and maybe even the 49ers now expect that. So maybe you're you're better off like not doing it quite as much in this game, knowing all this that you don't have a great 49ers offense, though still capable, and that you do have a really good 49ers defense, and you have 
some of the Chiefs' offensive line either beat up or struggling right now. Do I dare say that I like the under in a Chiefs game? The number is, last I checked earlier this afternoon, it was 49, I think. 49 on the under. Usually Chiefs which, games are in the 50s. In the 50s, yeah. But 40, 49, even for an NFL game, that's still kind of high. Yeah. Which I guess gives credence to how much they respect the Chiefs' offense. But, but yeah, this, this to me feels like it could end up being similar to the Bills game, where it's like a 24-20, 27-20, 24-21. Something like that type game. So, by from that standpoint, you would you would want the under in that case. But also, you know, the Chiefs' offense could easily just go nuclear like they did against the Bucks. I mean, I don't think that's that unreasonable either. They could just, I don't know, I don't know. No, it never surprises you with Patrick Mahomes in this offense if they do go off in a game. I just yeah. think that it is going to be a game that is maybe 2017, 24, 21. Yeah. So I think if the Chiefs win it. We're going to look back, and, and yes, Patrick Mahomes and the offense will make enough plays, but I do think that it'll mostly be won by the defense. And and this is such a big opportunity of a game, just kind of big picture. You're heading into the bye week after this. If you lose this game, it's going to be sad, but you'll be fine. You still have everything in front of you, and I think that's right. They will be fine. But having the win, going in at 5-2, <laughs> and two, beating the 49ers, bouncing yep. back from the Bills game. Yep. The schedule gets a little lighter during the back half. There's still a lot of tough opponents, but some of them that maybe you thought were going to be harder than they were, like the Rams, might not be as good as we think yeah. down they the do, stretch they, there. They still have a stretch later in the season where they get like the Seahawks, the Jaguars, and the Texans, I think, in like three consecutive games. Yes. So they have that to look forward to. Yeah. You know, so. so it's all in front of you, and we know Andy Reid coming off a bye. That's true. Let's just see what they can do uh, this week. Who, who's your player uh, that you think will have a big impact in this game or could have a big game for the Chiefs? How mad would you be if I said Miko? I wouldn't be mad. I mean, okay. it's, it's par, par for the course. Um, you know? Okay, I won't say Miko. <laughs> I'll go with uh, I'll go with Pacheco. Ooh, I, I like that Pacheco's one. Pacheco's going to have some more opportunities. Doesn't it feel weird, though, that Isaiah Pacheco, like every time on the broadcast – I know everyone just loves him. exactly just loves which him. tells he never you, gets on the field. Well, that tells you that the coaches and the other players, when they're talking in the production meetings with the announcers, they keep bringing him up. But yeah, you're right. You know, how, you know how many carries Isaiah Pacheco has the last two weeks combined? Like twelve, three. Oh, he has three carries wait, for nine yards the last like, two weeks. Did, wait, what game did he have? I think like it was the game before carries. that. The game before that. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't know. Because he, he two for he, nine against runs, the Bills, one for zero against the Raiders. He did he, have eleven he, for sixty three against you know, Tampa. He, he runs like a freight train, and he does. Yeah, I don't. I've heard it know. described. Again, he runs like every play is his last play he's ever going to get in the NFL. And, and again, you know, I was for a, as long as I can remember, I have been a Clyde apologist. That dude, man, he's a turtle. You've given up. He is a turtle. He gets the ball and he just. It, it, I don't understand. It looks like he's running in place. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like just run forward. Like what? What? Just run. Just run forward. I don't oh, understand. Oh, gosh. If I'm <laughs> picking... Get it. Hmm. Certainly, it'll be interesting with Charvarius Ward, former chief, on that end. Yeah, that's true. Let's see who wins that matchup. Charvarius Ward and, and whoever he's... Whether it's MVS or McColl or Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. I want to see if KU, or, or if the Chiefs can consistently win in man-to-man coverage. And whichever guy's lined up on him, because he's a former chief, is uh, probably going to be the most intriguing matchup for me. From Charvarius the Ward is things. probably the, one of the... Saddest Chiefs that I wish the Chiefs would have kept him. He was really good. Yeah, there, I mean, there's there's a, a lot with a lot of those types of players. I'm like, 
if I'm sad about it, it's like, okay, you know, but then it's a, it's whatever, right? But, like, he he's a guy that I legitimately wish the Chiefs would have maybe tried to invest a bit more in. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we've got our game picks for the week. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLW. And real quick, before we go to break, looking for the perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering, Venue 1235 has you covered, located right off I-70 and five minutes from downtown Lawrence. Venue 1235 is a large climate-controlled event space with catering kitchen, private suite, and a covered patio. Game picks. Welcome back in. About half past four, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We've got some KU football player audio to get to you later this hour with Lawrence Arnold and Rich Miller. Coming up in the five o'clock hour, we've got Devin Neal and Jason Bean audio and your sports stock market coming up at the top of the five o'clock hour. High school football coming at you tonight. Lawrence High, KLWN at seven. Free State over on 92.9 The Bowl at seven as well. All right, let's get to our game picks. Nick is 29-40-1 on the season. If you include the locks, he's 34-46-3. I am 32-37-1 or 36-46-1 with the locks. We'll start in college football. You had a good week, winning week in both college and NFL last week. There we go. You were 3-2 and two in college, 17-23 and 23 now overall. I went 2-3 and three in college. I am 18-22. and 22. Overall, there's some good matchups this week. Once again, I think five yeah. ranked matchups between two ranked teams. First of them, number 20, Texas is giving up six and a half on the road against 11th ranked Oklahoma State. Eric, this this feels like one of your famous Vegas nose mm. lines. It does. As you have the Oklahoma lower ranked State, team on the road and they're favored and, by and a Oklahoma touchdown. Oklahoma State was up 14 against TCU, and you know they, obviously they didn't close out, but they they were up and they lost in overtime. So it wasn't like they just got blown out or anything. So I don't know. I I mean Texas could easily win, but I mean I'm going to sit here and take the six and a half with Oklahoma State. I mean if you're going to give it to me, mm. I'll take it. Yeah, it seems like too much to me. This has been a close series too between these two teams and. A lot of time the home team has won the game. I am a little surprised at this line, and for that notion, for that reason, um, it is one that scares me to the point you just put up. Like, is this a Vegas knows something line? But also, the fact that they're not giving the full seven kind of makes me want to take Oklahoma State because that's also something Vegas does sometimes too. Yeah. They want you to be baited into, like if they gave it a seven, they want you to take Oklahoma State. You're like, oh, of course they can cover a touchdown. Them giving you six and a half makes you start to worry like, oh, what if they lose by seven? I'm going to go Oklahoma State as well. I think they keep it close. I actually kind of think they win the game. Yeah, no. they could definitely win. Yeah. Number nine, UCLA at number 10, Oregon. This is college game day. Bruins are giving up or getting six points. Excuse me, man. I am so sick and tired of UCLA, man. Wow, I'm taking Oregon here. What, taking what Oregon they do at home against UCLA. I, I'm just annoyed by them. Like I thought they were bad, <laughs> and then they ended up being kind of good. And now I don't know. So I just now I just I've decided I want them to be bad. <laughs> okay. Well, so, so far picking, that quest is not going too well for you. So, so I'm I'm picking Oregon. Maybe I do. Maybe I do hate LA more than New York. I don't know. But I'm, I'm going to take Oregon here. Listen, besides the Georgia game, which I know was bad, besides yeah. the Georgia game, Oregon's been great this year, like really, really good. And I think they're going to win at home with college game day in town, taking the Ducks. I am going to go with the Chip Kelly revenge game here. Playing okay, in yeah. Austin, yeah. you got that factor to it. He, 
Uh, it's obviously the two teams are so different now. Like Oregon does doesn't really do what Chip Kelly was doing, and UCLA is more of like a power running football team that they still do a lot of the stuff that you remember with the quarterback running and read option game and whatnot. But they're still so different than what they were. I just I'm buying into Dorian Thompson Robinson, their quarterback. I think he's a lot better than Bo Nix, who actually has played pretty well since that Georgia game. I think UCLA at least keeps it close, and honestly, I kind of think UCLA wins straight up. Okay, and if they do, the Pac-12 okay. is going to be pumped. The Pac-12 already this is might a big be. hurdle for for one of their teams that the, could be a Pac-12 might already be screwed. I think as it is, they could. But if UCLA wins that game undefeated, another big one out of the way. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> you really want UCLA in the playoff? No. Uh, I don't know. New blood? No. Number seventeen, Kansas State is getting three and a half points. They're at eighth ranked TCU. This, this is a tough one. This is a tough one for me. Because this this feels like a game where K-State might just put a stranglehold on them in classic K-State fashion. Or maybe TCU just keeps up what they've been doing, gets another big win. I'm going to go with TCU here. I'm going to go with TCU. I'm starting to buy in them a little bit. I don't know if you saw some of the stuff they have going on before the before the game. They've got the some of the promotions they're doing. Sonny Dykes is wearing a, a sweatshirt that says yeah, Hypnoto. Yeah, I love the Hypnoto. It's from Futurama, like, if you've yeah, ever seen that. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of uh, fun stuff going on for TCU. Give me the Horn Frogs. Yeah, it's a battle of uh, purple. I think that if you have two teams in the same conference who wear the same colors, whoever loses has to not wear their primary color for the rest of the season. What if it was like, if you lose, <laughs> you have to wear something else when you play that team next season? I like that. Would, yeah, that's probably that a better way sense? to do it. That's a better way to do it. So, like, yeah, Kansas State gets to pick which of – they can't pick, like, a color that TCU doesn't use, but they get to pick what, what the uniforms are or, you know, the vice versa if, if TCU wins. Um, what you said there about slowing down the game and putting kind of that vice grip on it, that is a worry for me for TCU. And TCU is coming off that – I mean, really, two, two kind of crazy wins back-to-back with yeah. the Kansas game and then the Oklahoma State game, especially the Oklahoma State game, coming off that high. I kind of think they're going to have a letdown. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas State wins the game. I think it's at least a close game that TCU has to sweat out. If they do win, give me K-State with the points. Yeah, I think the issue with this game is, like, as you said, TCU is coming off of a high of an Oklahoma State game. If Kansas State just comes out and just punches them in the face right out the start of the gate and, like, does their regular K-State stuff, will TCU respond? I don't know. But I'm still riding with the Frogs. Yeah, and the one thing that TCU has going the way, if TCU can do the opposite and they come out and get to a hot start, K-State's not built as well yeah. to, to come from behind in yeah, a game. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, you don't want Adrian Martinez trying to lead you to come back. No. Uh, 14th-ranked Syracuse is at number 5 Clemson. The Tigers are giving up 14 points. Okay, I don't think Clem- I don't think Syracuse really has a chance to win the game, but 14 is quite a bit for Clemson. I'm taking Syracuse. When you look at what Clemson has done against the top 25 teams throughout this season, they haven't blown anybody out. NC State, held. They, that was a 10-point game. Obviously, it was an overtime game against Wake Forest. And even against Florida State, if you look at the 14 line, they, they didn't blow them out. I mean, I mean, if you watched the game, it was a blowout. Clemson dominated that game. But they only won by six, and they were, they were only up 13 late in the game. So this, to me, feels like a game that Clemson is going to have firmly in control, but I, don't, I think Syracuse is going to cover. So I'm taking Syracuse. I'm going to go Clemson. I still don't fully trust the Syracuse offense enough. They've got an unbelievable running back. Sean Tucker's a beast. He was last year, too. Ran for like 1,500 yards. But they don't, Track they don't star. Have, the offense doesn't have to be that great. They don't because I mean, the defense this, this, is this, really good. This, and could Clemson, a, yeah. this could be a you know a 31-21 th- game. Clemson wins pretty easily, but 
you know, yeah. Syracuse still gets it done. I just don't know if Syracuse is going to get 21. And that's okay. where I'm, I'm having the problem. I think this could be a game where Syracuse only scores like 10 points, 7 points, something like that. Okay. And Clemson. Really, you really don't trust the offense. I don't. Syracuse's offense is better than Florida State's, I think. Mm. Florida State put up 28. I disagree with that. Okay. But who knows? If Sean Tucker gets rolling on the ground, it's just I, Clemson's defensive line, I think, is going to kind of dominate at the line of attack here. So I'm going to go Clemson minus the 14. Okay. 24th ranked Mississippi State is getting 21 points playing at number six, Alabama. Oh, dude. Bama all the way, man. Mm. Coming off a loss. Nick Saban's fuming. They are going to pound the Bulldogs into oblivion. Guaranteed. So that would be a great reason to pick Alabama, and it's almost why I did almost pick them in Listen, this I'm, game. I, I like, I'm a Mike Leach guy. I like Mike Leach. Yeah. But, no, but no, you're but right. I mean, Alabama's going to be extra gonna mad. Alabama's They're really roll. talented. I kind of think this is a case where maybe Alabama got – like exposed is way too harsh a word because they're probably still going to go eleven and one. Worst case, like ten and two. So this isn't like some fatal flaw that we see in a lot of other football 10 and teams. Two for Alabama would be like the world is ending. Yeah, it would. Um, I just think that the Tennessee game, you did see some of their vulnerabilities, maybe against big passing teams, and maybe it is different because Tennessee can still run the football as well, whereas Mississippi State plays so much more of that that game with uh, Mike Leach where they are just kind of airing it around. So you are just kind of expecting that more than anything. But I really like the quarterback for Mississippi State, Will Rogers. Defense is pretty good. I think they actually kind of hang in this game. Okay. So I'll take them with the 21 points. All right. Well, I'll see you on Monday when it's 42-3 to <laughs> final. Uh, lock of the week. I am doing horrible. You're just one win away. You got to get this to get back to 500. You're three okay. and four. I'm two and there five. Who you got? All right. My lock of the week. UT Martin. I'm sorry? UT Martin. Plus 38 at Tennessee. Tennessee, man, <laughs> they're still hung over from the Bama game last week. Uh, and you tell me they're going to cover 38 against UT Martin? No I mean, shot. UT Martin. Do you know they're gonna anything lose, they're gonna about lose, UT Martin? They're going to lose 42 to 10, but they're going to cover 38. Name one player on UT Martin. I know that they are in the Ohio Valley Conference. Name no, the wait, coach. That's not even right. They're in the... They're in the... Uh, <laughs> No, they're not in the Ohio Valley. What conference are they in? I literally I they were in the Ohio oh, Valley. Oh, maybe they are. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm right. There. there you go. You're right. Yeah, they're Ohio Valley. <laughs> okay, boom. What is there their, you go. Can you even name their mascot? They're like the uh they're the No, they're not the Golden Eagles. They're the uh they're no, but they're like the Hawks, right? It's the Skyhawks, I think. Okay. Boom! Boom! There you go. See? Bam. Uh-huh. I know my UT Martin. offense can score. I know man. my UT Martin. Dude, they're still hung over from the Bama game. What do you mean? <laughs> Okay, UT I, you know, I'm going to go with uh, Cal getting seven and a half points against Washington. You might be this saying. This is a horrible pick. You might be saying, why are you taking the team that just lost to Colorado? Exactly. And that. The worst team in the entire country. what the betting public is saying. And so everybody's going to take Washington. Like, why is the spread only seven but and a half? Washington sucks, though. I will say that. Yeah. And Cal's head coach is a really good defensive coach. Washington's coach is a really good offensive coach. How good of a defensive but, coach is he if he let Colorado I mean, beat it? Wasn't the defense's fault. It was because they couldn't score. I think they can keep this close. I think they actually pull the upset upright. The, the the coach at Cal is the former Washington defensive coordinator. Revenge game as well. That's my theme for the week. Cal getting seven and a half against Washington. But my locks have been terrible. So yeah, that's worse than that's take worse that for than what it's worth. Martin pick. <laughs> On to the NFL, where on the season you had a uh, three and two week last week, so you're twelve and seventeen and one. I went four and one, so I'm fourteen, fifteen and one. First up, New York Giants 
are getting three points. They're playing at Jacksonville. Yeah, dude, are you kidding me? What's up with the disrespect for the New York football Giants? Give me the Giants, man. Listen, I took the Giants last week. They came through for me. Let's go Giants. Mm. This is a Vegas knows something line for me. <laughs> why Why are they, you know, the underdogs here? Uh, also, well, Jacksonville, betting public is in on the Giants this J- week. Jacksonville just randomly, they decide they're going to be the best team in the NFL sometimes. So, I mean, maybe they just think that that's going to be this week. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Jacksonville, they play a lot better at home. I don't know. I just, Vegas knows something line. Betting public on the Giants. Give me Jacksonville minus the three. Indianapolis is at Tennessee. This is the only game. This is a terrible NFL slate this week. The only game between two teams with a winning record is Indy at Tennessee. The Titans are giving Wait, up two and a half points. Is that, are you serious? Yes. Wow. That is bad. Like, there's games with the team with a winning think, record yeah, for yeah, 500, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. the Chiefs, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and dude. Like this is the only game with teams that are winning 500 record. Like this is a stinker. This is a, this is this is your Sunday afternoon nap game. Like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I don't really feel good about it, but I'm gonna pick Tennessee. I guess that was uh, said with a lot of confidence, and I <laughs> feel no more confident than you do. Tennessee, I guess <laughs> minus the two and a half. Atlanta is getting six and a half points. Only undefeated team against the spread in the NFL. They're at Cincinnati. I'm gonna take them, so they're gonna lose. Ride the high. Atlanta. Give me the Falcons. Come on, baby. You know, I, Cincinnati stinks, man. They stink. They don't play defense. Mm. Joe, Burrow's overrated. Week, Joe Burrow's overrated. Jamar Chase is good. I have to say that because he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> Joe Bur- J- Jamar Chase is good. <laughs> but, yeah, give me, the, give me the Falcons. I'm going to go Cincinnati here, but I feel horrible about it. This does feel it. like a game where the Falcons might just get blown out. It well, just feels like they're due to do that, but like, at what point do you just understand they keep getting undervalued by well, Vegas? It's like, you know, know, it's like the every week you say, "Well, the Falcons suck," but at what point, like, at what point do you say, "Well, wait a minute, maybe they don't suck as much as we thought they did"? No, I mean, I, I feel like we're there, but then as I, I just know, as soon as I buy <laughs> into the Falcons, they're going to well, lose like listen, nine of their next. I 10. will fall on my sword for you, so you don't have to do that. I will take the Falcons. Thank here. you. They will get annihilated, and then they won't cover another spread the rest of the season. All right. I hope that works out that way. Uh, The Jets are also getting points. They're getting one at Denver. Oh, give me the Jets all the way. Are you kidding me? The Jets are going to clobber Denver. Clobber Denver. I feel like I could put Lawrence High School against Denver, and you would take (laughs) Lawrence High. Just like win straight up. No, the Jets are coming off of a huge win against Green Bay. They're looking good. They got their locker room cancer, Elijah Moore, out of the way. He's not playing. (laughs) The Jets, yeah, man. Jets all the way. Yeah, but yes. Also, Denver, terrible, horrible. I mean, my God, have you watched them? I yeah, haven't because I don't want to. <laughs> they're that bad. Jets. Again, uh, Vegas, uh, a lot of the public is on the Jets in this game. Yeah, also, they know that Denver sucks. Well, could be again. Vegas knows something like why are the, the upstart Jets underdogs against uh, a really bad Broncos team that continues to lose. But now the Broncos are finally out of our face on primetime football. That's maybe good. that yeah. is their chance to they, they, be okay. Were, were, did they get infected by Kirk Cousins with maybe primetime being bad? Yeah, it's just you know too much going on for, for Russell Wilson and everything. I'm going to go Denver in this game. Okay. Last up for the NFL, Kansas City minus two at San Francisco. Well, I don't feel great about this. But I'm picking Kansas City. I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Chiefs. I got to ride with the boys. I, I just think that they're – I just don't think they're going to lose. I mean, I, I guess that's not really a good reason to pick them, but I just – I don't know. I just don't think they're going to lose. I don't think they're going to lose. 
I'm going San Francisco. I just have kind of a weird feeling that Nick Bosa is going to blow up the game. The Chiefs offensive line is going to struggle to block, and it's going to be a game where the Chiefs offense can only muster up 17 or 20 points, and it's more of a coin flip, and the 49ers find enough on the offensive end with a, a bit of a more healthy team. But I really wouldn't be surprised, I guess, kind of either way, because I do view this really as a uh, kind of coin flip game. All right, lock of the week. You are 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. You are sitting perfectly equal, perfectly wow. balanced. Nice. I'm 2-4. and four. Who do you got this week? Well, you weren't lying about the slate being stinky. I'm looking at these games, and I was like, dude, what do I do here? Uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks Chargers over 50 and a half. You got the Chargers that are a pretty good offense. You've got Geno Smith cooking. This, to me, feels like it's going to be more of a high-scoring game. That's my lock of the week. Mm, I like that one. I can see that. I'm going to go with Green Bay minus four and a half at Washington. Am I afraid that Aaron Rodgers is getting too old and that the Packers don't have enough weapons, that they're just not that good of a team? Yes. But Washington is also really bad. Like, that might be one of the (laughs) five worst teams in the NFL. I don't know. They, They might be. Definitely in the bottom third of the NFL. I don't think they're very good. If Green Bay can't get it done this week, too, there's going to be a lot of conversation about their what's going on. Their season's in Green over. Yes. If they lose to Washington, their season's over. Oh, great. So it's like a must win for them. I'm taking Green Bay minus four and a half. Hoping A-Rod can come through for me. Okay. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. That's our game picks. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we got some KU football audio. Lawrence Arnold, Rich Miller from earlier this week. That on the other side. Five o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We have some more KU football audio to get to you coming up shortly here, but it is that time on a Friday. The stock market is closed. We're going to get you our sports stock market for the week. And first up, stock is up on more March Madness, but down on keeping things cool the way they were. Dude, this is so stupid. Yeah, it seems like... I'll say this. I, I don't want them to expand, but based on all these comments that we're getting, it kind of tells me that they're going to expand. I, I hate this so much for the NCAA tournament. I hate it. And, of course, Scott Drew is one of the guys who wants to do it. Like, <laughs> of course. It is literally the dumbest idea of all time, and Scott Drew's all for it. I'm shocked. So these are some of the comments. Jim Phillips, who's the ACC commissioner, obviously very you know powerful. Uh, Scott Drew, head coach at Baylor, they've discussed even wanting to expand to 96 or even 128, which your question, if you have 96, is that going to hurt the well, teams with buys? Are they going to be, you know, not having well, the momentum dude, in there? I don't you know. Have, you already have to win six games mm-hmm. to win the title. Like, you'd have to <laughs> – it just doesn't make any sense. No, it's tough, too. And if you think about it, too, like if it's 128, is now the 116 matchup, which would be like the second round, is that going to be the equivalent of like instead of – because there's going to be more at-large teams in, are teams who are right now like 12 seeds, are those going to be like the 16 seeds and that's going to be tough for a one seed? I don't know. And then new Missouri coach Dennis Gates, he said he doesn't just support NCAA tournament expansion. He said, I would like to see a double, to be honest with you. There are some great cro- coaches left out of the tournament and some great players we don't get to see. Okay, well, yeah. well maybe win win some games. You know, <laughs> exactly. right just, now, just, just be better. Well, just like, be better. The Power 5 teams that aren't making it that end up on the bubble, they're like 17 and 14 yeah, they every suck. year. There's a reason why they're not in the tournament. So if are you're we bad, get, you don't deserve to play in the tournament. Are we going to get like 500 if this happens? <laughs> are we going to get like a 16 and 16 Power 5 team? 
It's just so I dumb, think we man. are. And of course, you know, Missouri's for it because they suck. Yeah. They can't make the tournament exactly. anyways. Like, oh, of course. <laughs> if I was the coach of a Power 5 team that was like 15 and 17 every year, I'd be like, dude, expand, expand, <laughs> expand. Let me get in the tournament. Because, yeah, we suck. We can't make it in normally because we're bad. And that's so frustrating, too. And you can tell this is coming from a place from coaches where they're like, Hey, I get to keep my job if I make the NCAA tournament. Well, and I'm so sure, just expand it. I'm sure, yeah, exactly. And I'm sure there are even situations where there's probably you know financial incentives for coaches. I mean, we see yeah. a lot in college football where you. Get I wonder financial if that would incentives. start being written out if it's 128 teams. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's dumb. It's dumb. This is from John Rothstein yesterday too. The Division One Transformation Committee has had dialogue to expand the NCAA tournament in all sports to include 25 percent of the programs who are eligible. And so if you think about it, there's, what, 350-something teams in um, NCAA Division I men's college basketball. So if you're looking at 25%, you're looking around 90 of the teams that are going to make it. I, I, The only expansion I could get on, again, I'm, I'm kind of against this to begin with. Yes. I could sort of get on board if they said... We're going to expand to, I don't know what the number, I'd have to think about this more long-term with math. It'd either be like 72 or 76, where they just said, from now on, every, like, instead of it being two different regions, have, I guess it'd be adding four teams, up to 72. Or maybe you make it 76, because you could make all the 16 seeds are now playing games, and all of the basically 12 seeds, the last, like, at larges, are playing games. So you basically, instead of having the first four, you would have, what would that be, gosh, Four, I don't know, the my first, math is hard today. 16, 16 teams, I think. Yeah, the first 16. <laughs> you have eight games on that opening Tuesday, Wednesday. I could get behind that. Like, that that would be, I think, okay. Maybe. I just think it's a slippery slope, man. It's like, if you if you give if you give him an inch on this expansion yeah. thing, it's going to go a mile. You know, I mean, it's the same issue with football. Like, if football expands to six, well, then why not expand to yeah. eight? Well, then not, why not expand to 12? It's just going to be the same thing with, with basketball. So, it's, I feel like you have to hold firm. The NCAA basketball tournament uh, is really... It's it's pretty much perfect, I think, right now. Yeah. Right. Like at least with the football situation, there's arguments to be made about. Oh well, maybe you should expand. You know, like here, I just don't. I don't see it other than just a money grab and getting crap teams in the tournament. That yeah, can't that's make all it, it is. on their own. Exactly. And if you think that oh, we're adding you know 20 more teams, there's going to be so many more Cinderella teams. No, they're not. They're no. just going to add more of those. Like I said, like 16 and 16 or 17 and 14 Power Five teams who are on the bubble. It's it's not going to make it much better. It, it's just going to make it so much more of a crapshoot, too. It's already great the way it is. Yeah. And, like, on one hand, should I really be complaining to the idea of, because March Madness is great, shouldn't I want more? You know what I mean? Like, like is not is is there an issue no, with having man, more I don't games? Watch, of course not. I don't want to watch Missouri play Correct. Pittsburgh. It just waters it down. It the, waters it down. You know, um, in the 13-14 mm-hmm. seed game? No, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. And like I said, I would have serious questions. If it's a 96-team tournament, that means that um, the first whatever – the top 32 seeds or the top 32 overall teams. Uh, so basically the top eight seeds are all getting buys essentially in the first round. Would that mess up with momentum? Would like the team who's playing the first game have that added bit of momentum into the second game? And then, you know, you kind of run into um, like, what is that going to do for picking NCAA tournament brackets? That's as yeah. big of a part well, as I mean, The tournament is obviously already very difficult to win as it yeah. is, right? Like, now you're just making it almost impossible for any for any top teams to even come close to trying to repeat. I saw Dennis Gates, too, the Missouri coach. He posted on Twitter. He was like, here's the data of why we should expand. And it was just a picture of it just had, like, from every year the NCAA tournament was started. It was basically an Excel spreadsheet. And it said how many teams were in the tournament every year. And it just said, like, 
you know, whatever, 1980, like 32 teams or whatever it was, and it just went down. And that's all it was. And I was like, why is that the data that we should expand? That's just the chart that says how many teams. There are. Anyway, so I'm very anti this, but again, I think yeah. based on the fact that all these people are talking about it, it's bad. I'm kind of bracing myself that they're going to. Yeah, it's tough. Okay. Uh, stock is up on the NFL further invading on college football. The NFL and Amazon announced that in 2023, Prime Video will exclusively stream a Black Friday game the Friday after Thanksgiving. The first ever Black Friday game will take place on November 24th, 2023. And that's normally a day that is all about college football. You get some good rivalries uh, going on that day. I think we've had in the past like Alabama-Auburn. I don't know if that's been Friday or Saturday. Just that whole weekend is great. Um, But again, there have been some amazing games there. The NFL consist, uh, continues to, like, it's always been a, a league that's tried to oh, outdo, like, the NBA or the MLB. Now it's, Im, you know, impeding on college football, which, uh, that's not cool. Like, you know, let them have their day. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of indifferent towards this. Like, like whatever. Like, if it's a, I mean, I don't know. I'm, but where I'm, does I'm, it end? I'm hard to, it's hard for me to get up in arms about this. I mean, obviously, my, my view on this is, like, Amazon is like, hey, we're paying a bajillion dollars for to stream these games. Like, we want to make sure we have a game that's only the only NFL game that's on. Literally, basically. every commercial on the game on Amazon is going to be about get all your Black <laughs> Friday shopping done here on Amazon. That's true too. But yeah, I, my my take on this is like, Amazon's paying a bunch of money to get the you know they have Thursday Night Football, obviously. So they're just like, hey, we want to get more games where our game is the only game on. So we're gonna force the NFL to. And I mean, that's I I mean. I don't know how much Amazon's paying. I don't remember, but it's a lot of money, right? So yeah. they probably they probably went to the NFL and were like, "Hey, give us this." And what's the NFL supposed to do? See, but what you said about the the basketball tournament expanding, like, where does it end? That's my question here. Like, what if what well, if they're, in the future, they're not adding games? I know, just, but what if in the future we get you know we have ten years from now we have you know two or four expansion teams now we have thirty six teams. There's more games to go around. And what if in the future there is now a morning Saturday? NFL football game, an afternoon, and a night Saturday football game. Well, where that's taking away from college football. I, I think at some point these guys would have to get their heads on straight and realize that if you oversaturate sports fans with with you know all these sports, they're not going to be able to watch them all. So your I know, ratings are going to be. The NFL care. The NFL doesn't I mean, care what college football does. They're just like, what what can we well, best but, do? No, but I'm saying like if you have NFL games on Saturdays, you're not going to get a very high viewership because people are going to watch college. They might football think instead. they can dominate them and, well, and muscle I, I them mean, out. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I that I guess I just I mean I guess I understand what you're coming where you're coming from, but like at some point you'd have to realize that if you just have that on at all the time with other sports, like your viewership numbers are gonna be lower. Which maybe again, I guess maybe they don't care if I don't like, think the NFL Amazon cares. or like these working. companies are paying them billions of dollars anyway, so I don't know. I mean I think they view it as we set the market, everybody else has to adjust to us. Uh stock is up on pickleball. Have you ever played pickleball? I, I have not played pickleball, actually. But it's fun. I'm thinking, you know, we should get a team there. We should get we a team, get, like a, a team. buy an ownership of a team? Yes, we should buy a team. I, it can't cost, like, that much, right? Well, I mean, you would think, but if Kevin Durant, That's LeBron true. James, I mean, if those guys are buying pickleball teams, maybe they're more expensive than I thought. I, By the way, I went to the uh, Major League Pickleball website. Mm-hmm. There's, like, uh, first of all, there's, like, eight teams, I think. It's last a small one I league, yeah. Yeah, but what's hilarious about it is, it, these these guys, the people in the league, they're not pickleball players. They're just random people. Like they just this have bios where it's like this guy just you know is the is a part is the owner of a company or whatever. They're just, they're just random people. So I love I don't, it. I don't understand. 
So uh, maybe maybe instead of buying, we should just dedicate ourselves to becoming the best pickleball players in the world. And I, maybe, I'm all for it. I don't know. Uh, Kevin Durant, yeah, as you mentioned, bought a team. LeBron James, Draymond Green, Maverick Carter, Kevin Love, Tom Brady, Kim Kleisters, Drew Brees. Uh, many others have either invested into this in, in some way or have become owners. I couldn't tell you a single thing about pickleball. I don't know the rules are a little bit complicated. I mean, isn't it like tennis? So, I mean, you're in a tennis-style court, but it's like a smaller court. But there, there are specific rules about, like, you can only hit it here on the first shot, and then the return has to do this, and then you can hit it wherever. And you only score when, like, you're serving, and you get both players serve before. It, it's a little bit complicated. I would need somebody to refresh me on the rules. But it is kind of a fun sport. It's like a mix of, yeah, kind of like tennis, I don't know, ping pong, wiffle ball. It's okay. uh, very interesting. But uh, I guess a, a fast-growing sport. Hmm. Stock is up on the bench. Because the bench is as loaded as ever right now. Kawhi Leonard last night came off the bench. He scored 14 points. Had kind of the nail in the coffin shot for the Clippers to come away with the victory there. Uh, I don't know how long he'll be coming off the bench, but as of now he is. Elijah Moore, who requested a trade, he's going to be inactive this week. So he's on the bench. So, you know, some solid talent at receiver there coming off the bench. Christian McCaffrey, after he was traded to the 49ers, He's going to probably be coming off the bench in this game. Well, and also, he's, he's on the bench all the time anyways because he's hurt. <laughs> yeah, so, so, I mean, <laughs> ultra talent. does matter? And then Cristiano Ronaldo was on the bench for Manchester United in their latest game. And, you know, sure, he did refuse to enter onto the match as a sub, which isn't great. Okay, but I didn't, is, I didn't even know you could do that. You could just you could just like say just no. Like, no, mean? I'm not coming in the game. Yeah, like, I mean, why? you'd be like your coach like, would be like, hey, get in the game. You'd just be like, no. Okay. I mean, it's not smart, but, you know, there's nothing okay. stopping you from doing it, hypothetically. I mean, I guess. Um, so, I mean, if, if your bench consists of Kawhi Leonard, Ronaldo, and Christian McCaffrey... You can that, win in any sport. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of flexibility there. Ultimate athletic bench. So, yep. stock is up on the bench. Buy on the um, bench. Right now, yes. Or, I guess, sell high. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe sell high, because some of these guys might not be on the bench that much longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is definitely going to be out. I would imagine Kawhi. as soon as next week. So maybe, bench, maybe we're Kawhi, saying yeah. sell. Sell on the bench. That's here. true, yeah, because it's about to drop down. So, yes, I think that's yep. uh, the right way to go about it. Okay, last one. Stock is down on Russell's. Because <laughs> if your name is Russell, I'm sorry right now. It is getting spoiled by a couple people at the top. Uh, Russell Wilson continues to just be bad for the Broncos. <laughs> Actually, it was okay in the first half, and then he just... Fell off a cliff. I think he had like 30-something passing yards in the second <laughs> half in overtime. He's been so bad. And I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen any of the, I don't know how you couldn't, the, the Russell Wilson, Wilson like Danger Witch ads with yes. Subway? Well, okay. Oh, my gosh. The thing is, is like it's been memed so many times like on Twitter and stuff that I don't, you don't know. know it's real anymore. Exactly. Like, yeah. I couldn't tell you if I've actually seen what the actual ad is. I've just seen the memes of it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's become a parody in its own right. Um, but they, they are so cringeworthy. Yeah. Subway took them down. Really? Or, or I don't know if they took the ads down, but they're no longer going to be like what I'm proactively is, airing is, them. I mean, Russell Wilson, he, he obviously is attempting to like lean into all this stuff, mm-hmm. but it's just. Is he, or do just, you think he's just oblivious? How could you, how could you be oblivious? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, how could you be, how could you be that oblivious? He's got to have some awareness of it. But Subway also pulled the sandwich from the menu. <laughs> That's probably because nobody was buying it. Do you think that's what it was? I'm sure. Nobody's buying it. The ads are just getting, you know, because uh, from, from Subway's online. perspective, like even if the ads are getting flamed, it's the old it's the old adage of any PR is good PR. Maybe. But if nobody's buying the sandwich, then that's yeah. A I I think that less applies probably for food companies because if it's like 
oh, if, this if looks horrible sucks, or yeah, this sucks or yeah, like I'm never going to order that, then it doesn't help them in any way, right? <laughs> um, I guess I, that's true. Yeah. So like bad just for Russell Wilson all around and he's nursing an injury. We're getting all the, you know, agent to... Uh, Did you see the thing where he claimed he had like wolf blood? No, what? No, Russell Wilson. I think that maybe that was fake too. Like, that's the thing. There's so much stuff oh about Russell Wilson. I don't even know if it's real or not. Yeah. Like, he said he could like heal faster because he has. He's like got Wolverine blood. That or honestly something. sounds like something that he would say. But see, that's the thing. It's like it's so hard to tell. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. He didn't say he had wolf blood. He was talking about Wolverine, like the, the Marvel Wolverine? Con- Yeah, but that. I mean, same thing. Because well, he's he like heals himself <laughs> or something. Um, okay. I don't think he was actually being serious. He was like okay. saying, "Like I'm like Wolverine. Are you sure, I feel really fast." I well, eh, no, you bring up a good point. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, it's just yeah, so bad. And now yeah, he, he dealing with injuries and stuff. You're seeing like uh, stories come out there. Like would the Broncos be better off if Brett Ripon or Ripian or however you pronounce it is starting? Uh, Russell Westbrook also part of this, dude. Over eleven is bad. What was the final stat? It was like four points, like five rebounds. Yeah, two points. Like two points. But oh he did, I gosh. think he did have like four or five steals. But yeah, 0 for 11. Which apparently that's not even his worst shooting <laughs> game of his career. Apparently he went 0 for 13 in a game at one point in his career also. Oh, gosh. So. That has been such a disaster. The Lakers just bad again. The I Lakers mean, suck, yeah. Anthony Davis is already like game time decision for every game. Yeah. Uh, he was for the first game. He is for the second game. And yeah, Westbrook is bad i don't know how they didn't find a way to move him off even if they didn't get any assets back in the offseason it's just not working he uh claimed afterwards because he, he strained his hamstring he claimed that the reason why is because he came off the bench he said that i've been doing <laughs> so this. maybe stocks down on yes the bench. yeah well i guess uh uh he said he's been you know starting for uh however long i don't know 12 15 years however long it's been um and that it's a different routine now he didn't know what to do with himself and that's what caused the injury what I don't understand about the Lakers is why did they look at their team as constructed and think, you know what, we need to add Patrick Beverly? Like what? Like what? <laughs> what? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the Russell Westbrook thing kind of a disaster. I mean, Russell Crowe had to deny a report of an awful audition with Julia Roberts. I actually did not hear about this. So what? What happened with it? Was it just? I like, have no idea. I don't oh, know okay. if it was that that movie that's coming out with Julia Roberts and uh, George Clooney. I forget what it's called. I don't know. Okay. I think Up in the Air is a movie that already happened, but it feels like that movie all over again. Um, I don't know if he auditioned for it and the audition went horrible or something and he didn't win out on it, but, you know, just hit pieces, bad news, <laughs> all in the media for Russell's right now. That is tough. Which if, you, of those if your is, name is Russell, I'm sorry. Which Russell do you feel like will bounce back the most? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I hate Russell Wilson, so I can't pick him. <laughs> Russell Westbrook, I get. I mean, Russell Crowe's going to get more movies. Yeah. He's probably going to be fine. I'll Russell Crowe, Crow. for sure. Yeah. So, Russell, your stocks on Russell's right now. He is Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That is our sports stock market for the week. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. We're going to take a time out here. When we come back, we've got some play audio from Devin Neal and Jason Mean to get to you on the other side. we got high school football coming at you later tonight. Lawrence High right here, 645 pregame, 7 o'clock. Kickoff uh, with Matt Llewellyn, Hank Booth on the call. I'll be with Craig Hershiser on 92.9 The Bull for the Free State Firebirds. This is RCST.